Please be advised. The following podcast may contain opinions, advice, or other suggestive content regarding mental health, and as we are not experts, should be treated as discretionary. Please consult with a medical professional if you are struggling with mental health issues. Alternatively, if you are experiencing a mental health emergency, please dial 988 or go to your nearest emergency room. What's up, listener? We are back at the Luminosity Podcast, but we're back and we are happy to be here. This episode is on healthy communication. Uh, Justin is recording in Nashville. I'm over here in Los Angeles per usual. Uh, so we're just kicking it over Zoom. going to talk about uh, effective communication, what it is, what it looks like, uh, as well as uh, signs that there might be a problem with the way you're communicating in your life and how to improve your communication if that is the case. Um, so, you know, it's going to be a good time. Justin and I were uh, just talking before we uh, hit the record button here. I've been having some uh, I've been having some weird dreams lately, which I have we done an episode on dreams, Justin? No, but we should. It has a lot to do with your mind. It dreams does. And I'm surprised that we haven't. Yeah, people. Some people write their dreams down. Some people analyze their dreams. Didn't you say you were you're going to do like what was the word you used? You were going to. Uh, like psychoanalyze your dreams. Yeah, like dream analysis. Analysis. And, um, yeah, I did an IOP program when I got out of rehab, and one of the group therapies was called Dreams, and it was led by this war veteran, and he was an older guy, like probably mid-80s. He's really old. Um, but he was like so passionate about dream analysis, and he was just you know so impassioned every time that he led the group and facilitated the group for us. Um, that it really got me thinking like there's something here, you know, not only in uh, what it means in terms of like psychology, but also um, mental health and recovery. So I'm, to be honest, I'm really surprised we haven't done an episode on dreams yet, but let's do that for sure. Because I, I want to be able to talk about some of these bizarre dreams and I'm sure our listeners have plenty of bizarre dreams as well, but that's an, uh, a, a podcast episode for a later day. We're going to focus on healthy communication today. So, Justin, I was just talking to you earlier about how uh, I was combing through the internet a bit and trying to look for some materials to uh, outline the episode. And I stumbled across this first material here. It's called The Three Principles of Effective Communication. Mm. Um, you want to take a look at that and maybe share what you see with our listener? Yeah. So the three principles of effective communication are assertiveness, inquiry, and empathy. I would have never thought that. It kind of goes back to every episode Kevin typically pulls amazing stats for. I'm like, great. If, if if Kevin didn't do this, I don't know who would have, but this is always so great. So we'll start with assertiveness. We'll actually go in uh, alphabetical order. So we have assertiveness, communication style, which yeah, and is it's, sharing. It's, yeah. I was just going to say before you jump in, it's, it's kind of like uh, listeners, so you can get a visual on it. It's kind of like one of those triple Venn diagrams. Yeah. So if you imagine a Venn diagram with two circles that are overlapping, add a third one in the mix. So there's, you know, the assertiveness is overlapping with the inquiry, the inquiry is overlapping with the empathy, and then there's a place in the middle where all three circles meet, mm. uh, and so on. So go ahead. And in what ways? I'm sure we'll we'll dive into here in a moment. But assertiveness is sharing your feelings and needs openly and tactfully. So just probably like a more open communication style. Then you have empathy, which is understanding the feelings, thoughts, and needs of the other person. So it seems like a little bit more of a passive uh, understanding communication style where you're probably not going to be as talking as much or being as open. 
And then you have inquiry, which is asking gentle probing questions to find out more about the other person's feelings, thoughts, and needs. I love that one. Um, I'd be curious to get your thoughts, Kevin, where these ones overlap, but I guess we should start with assertiveness. So when sharing your feelings and needs openly and tactfully, I feel like these all have spectrums. <laughs> don't you think? And, and, and it might be smart for us to identify like when to be using these and in which we'd probably give an example of each, you know? You know, it's really interesting just noticing right off the bat in this picture mm. that hearing all three of these descriptions for assertiveness and green empathy, they all pertain to like outward communication or they seem to imply that effective communication lies mostly in the other person Ooh. because you're talking about sharing your feelings and needs op openly and tactfully as with if to someone say else, yeah. with someone else and like, you know, expressing to someone else it has to do with expressing outwardly to someone else. So that has to do with the other person. Right. And then you have inquiry asking gentle probing questions to find out more about the other person's feelings, thoughts, and needs that has more to do with the other person, obviously. And then you have empathy, understanding the feelings, thoughts, and needs of the other person. So it's kind of funny because in effective communication, it seems to be more about like being receptive and listening or more than getting like, the information from the other person or yes. And letting yeah. that lead the way as opposed to like, oh, I have to do this for myself. Oh, I have to understand this I would for actually myself. argue that. I would say assertiveness kind of goes to making the other person hear what you're hear and understand what you're saying. Does that make sense? So as, like Yeah. Because I, it might be why if you're looking at this and you know, obviously Kevin had just mentioned this, you probably can't see it if you're listening to the podcast, but assertiveness sits on the top. Whereas inquiry and empathy sit at the bottom together. And so to your point, Kevin, if you're inquiring or being empathetic, it definitely, those are definitely outward communication styles. But then assertiveness, I think it's the exact opposite. It's like you're giving the information and you're sharing your feelings and you're being open about said topic. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go back to that question that you asked me, which was, you know, just my general thoughts on assertiveness. Yeah. Sharing your feelings and needs openly and tactfully. I, I mean, just reading it, it's something I wish I did more of, you know, like, mm. and I think I, I'm going to use I statements here. I, I have gotten more skilled at this as I get older in the way that I communicate with people because I'm less afraid in my communication style or, or, uh, dictating my needs or my wants or my desires. I'm I'm not as afraid to tell people what I want at 26 than I would have been at, you know, say 19 or 20. Um, and so I think it's easier for me to be assertive in that way um, so that I can do what's best for myself. And, and um, I never leave anything on the table, so to speak, if, if, mm. if it's effective communication with someone else, you know, that all the communication I do uh, at this part of my life is effective um, because, it, you know, I am more assertive than than I was previously in other chapters of my life. But that said, I think I could still work on it some more, you know, and I think about that a lot. Like I look back to when I was like 18 or 19, I'm like, damn, like that kid was so different than who I am. He was so afraid to speak up or he was so afraid to say this or say that, whatever it is, um, that I think it actually hurt my relationships a lot. 
Um, and mm. so in that way, like this is effective communication because when you don't say something, yeah, that's going to hurt your relationship uh, way more than if you do say it. Like at least if you say it, then you can work through it with the other person. It's kind of like that song, say what you need to say, say what you need to say. Uh, mm. And John Mayer. And then he says like, it's because it's better to say it too much than never to say what you need to say again. That's so mm -hmm. accurate, isn't it? That's accurate. That's kind of what this makes me think of, you know, like that idea. I'd say, right? Because I think a lot of us don't even realize. I, I wouldn't have thought that these three things were the three principles. You know, I know that there's assertive communication styles. And I mean, it all makes sense now. Um. They're always like, well, have empathy or stay curious, which is like inquiry. And then, you know, be assertive if you mean something that you want to say. And I guess it comes down to like knowing which of the three principles that you want to use when you're communicating. And I'd say all the time, like, it's funny. I read something today that was just talking about how, you know, you don't necessarily have to speak. You can just observe and, and exist. And it's sometimes more powerful as a communication style. I would argue that like sitting still should be one of the four pillars of effective communication. Cause I think sometimes when you don't communicate, which we can get to in a moment, um, you tend to learn a lot about the situation. I guess it goes towards inquiry, right? When you're asking questions, if you ask the right questions, you can really like, you know, you'll process a certain amount of information and then you don't necessarily have to say anything after the person you're talking with has said something. Um, but it's knowing when to use assertiveness, empathy, and inquiry um, effectively, right? Like that's why they're effective communication uh, principles. Like when do you use the three and in what ways do you use the three? How aggressively do you use the three? You know, and then where can you pour in and out of those styles? So for example, Kevin, you just said it, like you are more assertive now, but I know that I have to be assertive in our friendship kind of goes to our first episode together when we were talking about relationships. Like when you understand someone's personality style, personality type, um, you tend to kind of understand how you're going to communicate with that person. And I would say that if you can lean into these three at any point in time in that conversation, um, you know, then that's how you can, that's how the communication will be healthy, you know? And it doesn't mean that because I don't think that you're going to say as much or feel like you're going to be assertive in certain ways that I would have to do that. But if that's the case, then sure, you know, or there's many times when I'm uh, more empathetic to you about certain conversation topics, you know, and I'll probably sit back and let you talk about something a little more, but. Yeah, I get what you mean. So let me ask you this, when it comes to assertiveness, what other word do you think of? Because I think of something like there's one word that comes to mind and I want to distinguish the difference between the two. And I'm curious if if it comes to the listener's mind as well. So listener, think if there's a word that comes to your mind when, th when you think of assertiveness. Um, Justin, do you have a word that comes to mind? Because I do. Yeah, I think of aggressive. Yes, that was it. That was I think of aggressive. I mix those two words up a lot, and I I'm sure our listeners thought of it too. There seems to be this correlation between assertiveness and aggressiveness. Yeah, where they seem synonymous, but I think they're two very different things. They're so different. Um, they're they so are. So let's talk about the difference between the two. I would say that being assertive means that you you stand on your words, and you don't have to be a dick about it, right? You don't have to be aggressive. But you know when someone's being aggressive. I think you can be 
mildly or gracefully assertive. So for example, if you're like, hey, Justin, do you want to get, you know, I don't know, Panda Express for dinner? If I say no, I'm not being aggressive about it. Now, if I was like, oh, hell no, what the hell is that? You think I'm actually going to eat that, Kevin? That's aggressive. But if I'm just yep. simply like, no, that's assertive. It's communication style. Mm-hmm. I'm very sta- I'm standing on the word no because I'm confident in it and I'm very sure of it. So that's I think that assertiveness is just being more sure of what you're saying. Whereas aggressiveness is like, actually, maybe because you're not so sure you're being more aggressive because you're insecure about what you're saying. <laughs> I'm going to say that out loud. I think those are both good points uh, and well explained. Well explained, Miriam Webster. <laughs> you know what about you? I mean, do you, would you say that that's pretty accurate on the on the difference? I only I've only met aggressive people when I felt like they were madly insecure about what they were saying out loud. That's my. Opinion. That's a good point. I think that's where it probably comes from because it, I agree with you on what you said. It's like you can you can still express your needs or your wants or your desires, right? Like we talked about and it sound concise and firm yes and strong um but that's different than like just being a dick <laughs> it is and i hate to say it but i think that right now we're living in a world that's so tense and anxious like communication especially when all of us are so used to doing it online which we can talk about in a moment um there's no no good point or no good point gets across or no, no good conversation is healthy if there's aggression in it. Now, assertiveness is one thing, and it kind of depends on how the person that's receiving your words or your conversation takes it. I'll always say that. Like as a receiver of words and a receiver of people, like, you know, the, the conversations you're having, you can't internalize it too much. You know, oftentimes I'm telling people, I'm like, you kind of have to keep it black and white and you really need to understand that like, match your empathy, for example, like be so empathetic that you can understand where that person's coming from as they're saying certain things and then try not to take it so personally. I've, I've found that to be very healthy in communication because yeah, well, yeah. Well, I don't well know. no, that's, that's really good. And, but you mentioned empathy and then, so let's use that as a jumping off point. Like, mm. you know, empathy seems the most self-explanatory uh, in this little Venn diagram here, like understanding the feelings, thoughts, and needs of the other person, it it seems pretty self-explanatory why empathy would be a pillar um, of healthy and effective communication. So I don't know. Do you want to cover that or do you want to move on to inquiry? No, I think that right. Yeah, we can totally go to inquiry. Yeah. I mean, listener, I think you can understand um, how empathy is probably like one of the most important, if not the most important principle, because it takes a certain level of putting yourself in the other person's shoes to uh, fully understand their feelings, thoughts, or needs in any kind of circumstances or situation. Um, So I'm sure you can uh, understand from that definition why it's important. So let's move on to inquiry, asking gentle probing questions to find out more about the other person's feelings, thoughts, and needs. This, to me, seems almost like the opposite of empathy because with empathy you're putting yourself in the other person's shoes and you're you're trying to fully understand where they're coming from but i think inquiry comes into play when you may not fully understand where they're coming from and it takes a little more digging and asking questions and probing to to get a better sense of what exactly the other person is experiencing so that it can help you understand mm. does that make sense yeah 
and without particular order too. But I think that if you're asking the right questions, you're then going to be able to find out how to be more empathetic. So for example, like on a Monday, if you're, you know, asking more questions than, than being assertive and talking out loud, right. Then you're probably going to be able to understand how people are. Then also, you know, when Tuesday rolls around and you're having a conversation with someone and it's probably a difficult one, or, you know, that you have to lean into your empathy, you probably do a better job at it because you'd spent so many time, you know, some time, uh, asking these gentle probing questions, um, about their feelings, thoughts, and needs. But that's like, what they always say is remain curious as, as much as possible. And, you know, I wish more people would do it. I also wish that we could all try to be more interested than interesting. Something I lean into totally. a lot. Yes. It's yes. Yes. Such yes. an important thing to do. Yes. I have gotten that advice from uh, people I really respect. And admire. yes. Oh, same. Um, they, they've told me that like, be interested not interesting. And I think it says so much about a person if they can put their ego aside and, and, uh, you know, be interested in other people. Yeah. And just like, that's how you're, I mean, people love that too. I hate to say it, but back in the, I say back in the day, but like five years ago, I remember, you know, I would always try to ask people about themselves because people love talking about themselves. You know, it's how Kevin and I met. That's why we're friends. I'm just kidding. (laughs) But I, that's why, that's why I became an interviewer. I was like, oh, this is so easy. Me just asking people questions about themselves. I can make friends that way. That's great. No, I'm kidding. That's not exactly how it works. But you ask people about themselves and, you know, their highest highs and their lowest lows, you end up finding like a lot out. And it's such a beautiful thing because you understand humans more. You can champion them in their highest highs and lowest lows because of that. If you're just asking questions, it could be anything. You don't even have to ask the smartest or rightest questions. It's like, hey, how, like, you know, how did you do that, Kevin? How do you, how did you learn to sing that well? You know, or um, I'm just curious, but like you were on Disney Channel, one, you know, but like, how did you, like, how did that happen? Tell me that story, you know, or like if I meet you in a coffee shop, I don't even know who you are. Hey, why do you drink cold brew black? Usually people put cream and sugar in it. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's kind of like, uh, well, uh, you're just digging. You're you. Pr- it seems like you practice inquiry a lot. That's why I, I practice probing, gentle probing. Yeah. Is just this, oh god, I love it. Because it's like, why not get out of your head for a moment or pause the day? You know what it was? I think that right now I said this earlier, but we live in a very chaotic, um, a very chaotic, anxious society where people aren't trying to um, necessarily make time for certain things because they probably feel rushed or they're busy. Everybody's busy. But, you know, if you just like take time and lean into the people that you're existing with and stay curious and ask these questions, I think it could be really powerful in your day-to-day. Definitely. So let's move on to the six tips I found for effective uh, communication. So uh, we just talked about the three principles of effective communication to reiterate. They are assertiveness, inquiry, and empathy. Uh, And one sort of leads to the other, if you can imagine, as pictured in this Venn diagram, where they sort of overlap, right? So the healthiest communication implements all three of these at the same time. So let's talk about six tips, right? Number one, be conscious that your emotions will show through. People tend not to think that. And when I first read that, 
I was like, that's a really good point because we tend to think that like whatever we're thinking in our head is our private, you know, calling card and no mm. one knows, but you can tell a lot by like what someone is showing on their face or their body language, whatever it is. Um, but your emotions tend to show through. And I think it takes, uh, it's just important for us to be aware as human beings that our inner thoughts uh, can be like, remember the last seen. time you, yeah, of course they can be. Seen. That's what acting is bro. To someone. That's what acting is for the, for the record. That's my whole career. Like, and not I'm showing sure the emotions other, or showing no inner thoughts. That's what a lot of actors will say the same thing. I'm sure like, I, you know, I go to acting class every Monday and it's the same thing. It's like, you know, in what's Santa the Monica behind that line? That's right. Santa Monica. Yeah. Wait. So I would, I'm curious, actually, let's no, let's go one by one. So this is the first one to be conscious that your emotions will show through that. I mean, I could only recognize so many people's emotions as they're talking because some people just talk to be heard. Right. Which is very important to know. And then some folks, when you're talking with them, you can't really tell like what their tics and, and like their mannerisms are and like what their mannerisms and calling you out. Oh, whatever. And time. Uh, wait, mannerisms. Damn you, Justin Crawford. Mannerisms. 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 So, I have called listener. I've called Justin out on that so many times. I swear. <laughs> so these mannerisms are like ticks or like whatever that people have as they're talking and stuff or like whether i have i've talked to people who look at your forehead when they're talking to you like you know they look at your forehead and they're like uh -huh. and you just see that and i think that communication depending on how you are brought up you can show a lot of your emotions like subconsciously when you're talking to people um i used to call all my friends out and be like why are you looking at my forehead and not my eyeballs my mom because my mom raised me and said look at people's eyeballs and my trick was to look in the middle of your nose so it looks like i'm looking at your eyeballs but i'm really not um, cause it could be awkward. Right. And, and the only reason it's awkward is cause you're staring right into their eyes and it's such an intimate thing. It's a window to and the so, soul. Huh? It's the window to the soul. Yes. Yeah, and so like eyes and some people, the way that you like stand your posture, body language. And do you think that's all tied to emotions when people are talking? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Actually, I, that's why I want to keep going here. Cause I, I already read these, so I know what's coming, but Mm. You're, you're going to answer your own question here when we go through them. So number two, vary your voice, tone, and pitch. Um, I mean, that seems to make sense. If you are uh, trying to be calm uh, because someone is anxious or something yes. like that, then maybe you should use a calm demeanor and quiet. Your be voice. slow with your words. A-S-M-R. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. That, no, that's true. <laughs> Just give them ASMR is basically what we're trying to say, listener. Or if you're really um, trying to nail the point of what you're trying to say to Kevin, you'll uh, do it in this way. You'll take spaces and be super punchy in your response. And if you're trying to make someone panic, just go. Yeah, right. Just go off on them. <laughs> just like go eyeball crazy. On them. Look like the goosebumps guy or whatever. The yeah. <laughs> but it's so true. I think that like very, well, then people don't think about this. You know, like when you ever meet someone who's monotone. And so like, I, oh, I mean, yeah, all yeah. of us can relate on this. You meet someone and they're just like, they don't change. Like my brother's fiance, who's my best friend. I can say this. She just doesn't change her emotions. Like she's like happiest day of her life. She's like, God, that's so great. You know, or like something so bad and like catastrophic, like house burns down, knock on wood. Like, 
Ah, oh, wow. That's just like so sad. Kind of reminds me of um Courtney Kardashian too. <laughs> they always make uh, fun yeah. of her on social media. They're like, I just can't believe Travis dumped me. You know, and then the other one's like, and they should be having the best day of production. The kids are having so much fun. I just love it. That's pretty good, man. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. I've watched a lot of those videos. Of course, yeah. (laughs) But again, back to monotone, I think that's the exact what this number two thing is saying. You know, like when you don't vary your voice tone and pitch, you just kind of like, you're just kind of there talking. You're not really like getting people excited or getting people upset or you know, empathizing with you and what you're saying. Yeah. Do you do you know what iambic pentameter is? Kevin, I'm one of the dumbest people you probably know. I don't even know what that means. Iambic pentameter is like an old Shakespearean language thing. I, I did a Shakespeare play like when I was in high school and the director wanted me to know what it was, whatever. I learned in some theater classes. Basically, it's like an old way of speaking or like reading a line um where it's like so you have the the classic sentence the quick brown fox jumps over the lazy dog then iambic pentameter makes you read it like you hit every other syllable so it's like the quick brown fox jumps over the lazy dog <laughs> like kind of like that right that's like the gist of it and then so i was scrolling tiktok yesterday and like there's some weird stuff on my for you page like i don't really know what's going on there it's just a it's chaos at this point but what's up justin's taking a picture of the listener that's gonna go on socials um no but uh so you know i don't know if it's something weird with the algorithm because i don't follow anyone on tiktok because i never actually use the platform like for my own personal use it's pretty much a business tool at this point and i you know so i just don't follow anyone for that reason and so in the rare occasion i find myself on tiktok and i it's very rare i haven't posted in months but i was happen to be on it last in like, what the first time in a while months no but the way you said it was very number two months, months. like it yeah. has been such a long time 60 days months yeah try it longer actually probably since like march or something like half a year but um, anyway, so I saw this guy, like it was a video of this guy. He, I don't know if he was like drunk or something, but he was speaking in all iambic pentameter. Yeah. I mean, and I was like, this dude knows what's up when it comes to healthy communication. <laughs> well, it's like, okay, so I, let's go through these, saying. right? Three to six. But as we do yeah. that, just everybody who's listening, remember how important it is that when you do say things in life, like how we podcast, I used to say this podcasters sometimes just do this just to like talk. They just want to be heard and jam and, you know, like blabber their mouths. Words are so important and they're so powerful. And it's why I can't say mannerisms without Kevin calling me out because that word is important to him. But the way that we say things, the things that we say and who we say these things to create the, I believe it creates a reality. Because unless you communicate, I think there's body language you can communicate with, which we'll get into in a moment. But like, for the most part, I mean, you have to say yes, if you want the glass of milk, you know, or like, if you want to, when you were kids, like if you want to ride the bicycle outside, you have to say yes, you know, or nowadays you have to like communicate a whole types of news, new ways. It's email. It's, you know, how many times have you looked at a text and someone one worded you and you're like, man. Why did they one word me? You know what I mean? If you're like an over communicator. So anyway, we can move on. Yeah. Uh, way to get us back on track there. Well, <laughs> uh, number three, if you My want job. people to accept, 
If you want people to accept your ideas, share them with enthusiasm. That makes a lot of sense to me. If you're not excited about something yourself, then why should someone else be excited about it? And I think it's beyond um, excitement. If you want people to be, uh, if you want people to, uh, what's another word for enthusiasm? If you want people to accept your ideas with grace, then present them mm. gracefully, right? Mm -hmm. If you want people to accept your ideas non-judgmentally, then present That's them non-judgmentally. I think it goes beyond just like sharing them with enthusiasm, but I think the principle is there. You know, if you Accept want your to ideas, share them with enthusiasm. Well, you have to make people care. You know, yeah, like you're saying exactly. things like even when you and I talk on this podcast, we do we do want you guys to care about communications or communication, you know, and then understand certain pillars of which we're trying to explain these things to all of us. Where I mean, we're learning as we share this with you guys, but hopefully that's our way of getting to everybody who clicked play on the episode. Yes, yes. Number four, be aware of your gestures and the impact that they have. So you remember how you were just talking about body language and if like people can read that, well, there's the answer to your question. They read it just as much as they read, you know, whatever you're saying and the words coming out of your mouth. All of it. And especially when it comes to, I mean, recently I've just encountered a lot of awkward communication with folks and it could be at the gym, it could be in person or in line at the grocery store. And like the level of like uncomfort that I get from people's body language when they're trying to like react to me or interact with me, you know, it's, it gets kind of awkward and I don't know where that is rooted from, but just thought I'd put that out there. Interesting. Um, number studying. five, remember the old saying, Look them in the eye. So this goes back to eye contact that you were talking about, Justin. It's important. I, I just don't understand why it's important, if I'm being honest, because I, I know from a theoretical standpoint that, you know, eye contact is important. And, you know, whenever you're speaking to someone, you should maintain eye contact. Look, but, as you just like, said that, though, that? I've like looked at you instead of looking up at these diagrams on the computer or looking at the computer yeah. screen or my cell phone. Like, but like, like when is it you're more reminded about the, to look them in the eye. Is it more about like the respect of like, you know, paying attention to someone or is it more? Yeah, it could be all of it. My mom used to say it was respect. It was respect. And it was like, I mean, when someone's talking to you, like look them in the eye. And usually when you don't look them in the eye, it's for a reason. Either you're shy or you're embarrassed or you feel guilt. Yeah. I, I, that's There's what I was going to say. Negative. It, says, it says more about the person who's not looking in the eye than the person. Yes. Who's. I gained my confidence as a young kid by looking people in the eye. Because I started seeing that nobody else looked in the eyes. So, for example, if I'm walking down the hallway in high school or even these days back to the grocery store today, like I my 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 chest isn't up, but my shoulders are up and back and down. My chin is typically at a 90 degrees and my eyes are looking because like for me, I always used to like when I watch people. This might sound weird, but whatever. I love interacting with people and I have an opportunity to be like, hey, you know, or. So someone today, I was like about to hit him with my little box at the Whole Foods by accident, like my little baggie. What are they called? Basket. And uh, I almost had hit the shit out of him. And I was like, I was like, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. And I just looked at him and had all these tattoos, like a construction worker looking guy. And he's like, he's like, oh, no problem at all. And then I just enjoyed that moment for some reason. I was like, all right, <laughs> see you later. <laughs> but it's like, it, I think interacting with humans is so fun. And it should be fun, but you do have to, I looked him straight in the eyes and was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. 
You know what I mean? And just to get the reaction, like, I promise you, when, when you look at people in the eyes, everybody's a good human. You can, like, read that on people's eyes. Yeah. Yeah, I think, th- I mean, it says a lot about humanity, too, right? Like, I think there's a lot of kindness in people's eyes. And when you, like, what you said, bumping into someone at the grocery store or whatever, it's like, if you look them in the eye, and it comes from this place of like sincerity where like you apologize or whatever it is, then all of a sudden the bad blood disappears, you know, and you can have a laugh about it. Um, had you not looked that person in the eye and maybe it wouldn't have come across as sincere and he just would have dismissed you. Do you know what I mean? So it seems that effective communication, it's like you can read a person's, uh, you can read a sort of truth and a sincerity from the eyes. Uh, that you might not be able to get elsewhere. And one thing before we go to number six, recognize if you're looking them in the eyes or if you're staring right through them. Something I learned in New York City was you, when you're living in a very busy environment or you're just trying to do your thing and you're zoning out, you you know, I used to use this term glossy eyes and I would meet a lot of people in New York City because it was such a fast paced city. Today, the guy almost hit with the basket, like, was the easiest interaction I could have had all day. The interaction was like three minutes almost. It felt, it felt like three minutes. Um, whereas in New York, it's like 0.3 seconds. And so where I'm getting at is I used to use this term where I would like talk to people and I don't feel like they were like listening to me. I feel like they were just like staring at me and like, are you done? You know what I mean? Like, it was just like, I mean, I could, I could blame this on my friends. I have a lot of friends in New York city that I would like, I feel like I'd be at dinner with them and I would look them in the eyes and I'd be like, so yeah, you know what I mean? And I'd, I'd constantly have to find the like reassuring phrases. You know what I mean? Do you know what I'm saying? Right? What have I, what, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I, I got in the habit of that because of how glossy people in New York City, and I'll even argue in LA, it's like these busy cities that we we live in. You know, it's like when, you, when I'm talking to someone, like, and then I started valuing people in time more, which I'll bore you guys later with on another episode. But I value people in time in a very different way now because like if you have Kevin and I's one hour when I'm talking to him and sharing thoughts and we're just like going and, you know, doing each other's therapy for each other, you know, I value that time. And if I don't get it back, then like I'm happy with it. But you have to be intentional about that. And sometimes when you meet people, you can kind of see where they're being glossy eyed or they're not like really listening and paying attention. And then you can typically reverse that and see if that's something that you're not, you know, doing. Yeah. Listener, like you're not able to tell, but through everything Justin was just saying, I was completely glossy. eyed. No, I'm screaming. That's because he has these glasses <laughs> on. <laughs> all right. All right. But do you Number know what six. I mean? I do know what you mean. I do. And I, I'm notorious for, um, exhibiting that behavior myself at times uh not even realizing it and then noticing other people doing it and it bothers me so i think it's important that you hit that number six study the gestures of others and listen to their tone so again this has Mm -hmm. um more to do with understanding others you know like understanding Mm -hmm. others perspectives their feelings their opinions like whatever behavior they're exhibiting where is that coming from Mm -hmm. it's funny i actually um I'm really excited. I side note here, this is a bit tangential, but I started college today. So I, I've been telling listener, I've been big telling deal. Justin, no, this is a big deal. 
It is. It, it's, um, you know, obviously, like I started work pretty young. I graduated high school and started work with Disney Channel right away. And then I signed with the record label, blah, blah, blah. Like things were pretty busy. They still are. But I just have started this journey with Justin in Luminosity, which is essentially a mental health company that I was like, you know what, if I'm going to like run a mental health company, then I want to understand as much as I can, like the brain and the mind. So I had my first class today um, for my intro to psychology class. I'm going to NYU. That's right. um, Yeah. And we were just talking about this stuff today that, that, you know, like the behaviors uh, that people exhibit are are stemming from, you know, like a – cognition in the mind you know because psychology is essentially the study of like the brain the mind and behavior but those are three different things and yet they all kind of affect each other or have an effect on each other Mm. um so it's just funny that like we're talking about this um because i literally was just doing a class on this and and taking notes on this stuff um but yes gestures behaviors specifically all come from the mind and the mind comes, whatever that thought that happens in the mind is essentially the, the result of external stimuli in an environment or a situation, or in this case, a conversation, right? So that's just, yeah, I think that's important. Um, should we move on to signs that you might have a problem with communication in your relationship? Sure. I think we'd all be enlightened by it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, let's go through the line list here. And if any of these stand out to you, Justin, I think the truth is we're all guilty of all of these at some point Mm. in our lives. Um, But here they are. Blaming. Assuming. Which you wouldn't think would be on this list, but I think that has to do with like negative judgments, right? Assuming. Mm -hmm. Becoming defensive. Shutting down. Criticizing. Lying. Stubbornness. Abandonment issues. Passive-aggressive communication, aggressive behavior, trust issues, and jealousy. What do you think of that mm. list? This is a very intense list, but so true. Are you um, guilty of any of these? I'm guilty to all of them all the time. <laughs> I know it's interesting. I think the more that you start communicating with people effectively, and essentially that just means like you're just paying attention to these conversations, you know? You'll start seeing when you shut down, when you're going to lie or tell a fib or when you're being stubborn or when the aggression comes out on a certain topic to a certain person. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess it kind of goes to my earlier point where I feel like we live in this awkward communication world right now where people are probably just going to shut down and just, you know, they'd prefer not to do the communication thing if it's going to lead to some of these negative patterns. Um, that's my thought on it. Yeah. You know, there was a time in my life where I thought that shutting down was the best solution to removing myself from a negative situation or a negative. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, didn't I just say that to you last week? I was like, hey, I typically just walk right away from the you guy did. yelling at my dog in Barnes and Noble. It's funny because that has changed for me. You know, like we're human beings, we're constantly evolving and changing, but. I used to shut down a lot more. And again, it goes back to this thing where I think I was just deep down much more afraid to speak my true thoughts or feelings or whatever 
Um, whereas I, I am not afraid as much. So my tendency is that if I find myself in a negative situation or circumstance, relationship, whatever, I'm way more likely to be vocal about it nowadays and not shut down. Shutting down to me is like you just become quiet and you don't acknowledge it. You don't speak about it. You almost you feel don't. like you give up and like you kind of live with this what could have been out of that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you give up. It's almost like you dissociate from the situation entirely. For sure. Right. Yeah. So there was one today. I'll give you a quick example on exactly what you just said. So I was in the gym. I go seven days a week. So I'm probably always going to have a gym story, but I was in the gym and these dudes took their shirt off. There was these two, like 22 year olds. I'm pretty sure. I don't know what was happening. And we were all doing legs. It seemed like every guy in that gym today was doing leg day. And I'm very, very not aggressive in a gym. I just typically go to a corner by myself with my dumbbells or if I'm hitting the machines, I close my eyes. If I'm working out, like I just, I, I say to myself and they were being so obnoxious, and like asking me to use weight machines. Like, oh my God, I couldn't. Cause we were all doing the same workouts. And I felt like everything I was doing, they were too close in proximity and I was being bothered. <laughs> so I was protecting my peace. Where I'm getting at is I was just like, completely good walking away <laughs> it was really bad but this is a not a good communication style because they're probably thinking that i'm an asshole because they'd be like oh, are you like done with this machine because they were like there was two dudes with their shirts off just like constantly using the same machines and if i had jumped on a machine that they wanted to use again with each other i'm like guys i was like yeah, i was like yeah you can have it and i just walk away <laughs> or like that was in like a section doing um uh some squats same question. I was like, yeah, I don't think you realize there's like literally squat racks all the way over there as well. So like, I didn't say any of that, but I just like, I was like, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> I wasn't even done with the workout. I just like removed myself completely. I was like, this is ridiculous. I'm annoyed. <laughs> no, I'm not even saying anything. It, it's exactly what you said to me that you would do if you were in my shoes at Barnes and Noble with the the guy who didn't like dogs. You just it's too yourself. much energy. Yeah, I don't blame <laughs> you. I, I mean, that's your way of responding, and that's it's okay. my way of responding as even as an extrovert. Like I'd be the first one to tell someone, "Hey, if I'm in the mood for it." But I think that if I can see that it's chaotic or annoying, my best solution is to walk away. Yeah, and I don't think I think there is. Um, that's not to say there isn't a good time to walk away in certain situations. Right. And uh, yeah, there is. for sure. Um, I think again, just going back to what I was saying, like I, I have a tendency to be more vocal nowadays. Uh, and I think that's directly correlated to the fact that I'm less afraid than I've been in the past. And I'm, mm. older, you know, so it's a good point. Um, but I don't want to spend too much time talking about these signs because they're, they're kind of depressing. <laughs> So let's talk about how to improve it. Let's talk about how to improve it. That is way better in my opinion. You want to take this one? Sure. So when you're improving your communication skills, tips for healthier relationships, it's interesting how they're tied together. I would assume that that's what it is, right? I mean, actually, can I say something since we're recording this? on? Um, we're putting this out on Labor Day. So I don't know if anybody else has seen this. And if you're listening right now, please let us know if you've seen this. Everyone's breaking up, getting divorced and calling their engagements off. I'm going to call it for what it is. And I almost wish that there was a roundup of everyone that has in the public eye divorced, you know, uh, dismissed their engagements or just are just breaking up from their relationship. Reality stars, celebrities, high profile folks, let alone everybody Which, else. In a, yeah. 
to stop you right there, this is beyond just like our industry and the public eye. This is like they say, you know, around 50 percent or more of marriages fail. Right. Right. Um, and like it's not just marriage. We have an episode. Relationships. On, I mean, everybody yeah. I talk to is like, yeah, we broke up or oh, it's not working. You know, my friend just dumped his ex uh, the other day. And I was like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. So it's like, you know, I mean, you and Calvi are amazing. So just like, I'm not even going to include y'all in the possibilities, but I'm just saying that like, I've noticed that if I knew the people and I'm not kidding, I know like two reality star friends that just broke off their engagements. I know for fact it was communication and somewhere really? in that, well, something that got lost in their communication, I'm sure over time is like ego and the like celebrity of the relationship and all that stuff, which for anybody who's in the public eye, sure. So then let's bring it down to anybody who's living their life as like normal, not reality star, not public figure celebrity folks. It's still coming down to communication. So for example, you know, say you do fall for someone and you think they're the right person, blah, 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 blah. Right. And we'll, I digress on this thought already before even finishing it, but like, you know, we'll talk about this later down the line. But can, when you're communicating with someone as you develop that relationship, even if it's a friendship, you know, like my buddies, none of them communicate well. I always say, I'm like, hey, you know, most of them like you, I mean, you're better now, you're way better now, but most of my friends that are dudes don't communicate. So like, I will always preface our friendships by saying like, yo, I communicate a lot. I invite you to a lot of things. Don't ever feel like you're dissing me or, you know, stressing me if you're not going to reply or accept the invite. Like, I don't care. It's just my style. But then girls or women, well, ladies, whatever, everything, all the females, like they see that on me. You know, I, I almost like dissed quote unquote, a couple of girls, uh, the past couple of days, uh, by not responding. And then they would be like, did you get my message? Like just stuff like that. So anyway, all I'm saying is like, there's, you know, the, the male to female difference of communication style as well. And so when they're put together, whether you're you know, straight, not straight, gay, whatever you want to call your relationship, um, it's going to come down to communication style. And if you're not upfront about what that is, even if you feel like it's going to hurt the other person, like I remember telling Kevin, I'm like, yo, I talk a lot. I'm going to communicate with you a lot. That's just the style of like my being. And luckily it worked for our friendship enough. I'm sure there's days where Kevin's like, dude, just like leave me the fuck alone. No, I'm kidding. But you know what I mean? Never. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. It's like, we, I was up, we were up front about that. And you were like, Hey, like some days are like this. Some days are like that. Like communication is so amazing and it could be used as a great tool. So here's um, some ways to improve it. Make sure you practice active listening. That looks different to a lot of people. But back in the day when it was so simple, when we were learning it, you know, in grade school, for example, like active listening is essentially taking what someone is saying, interpreting it, comprehending it, and not necessarily thinking about what you're going to say, but reacting as you're listening and have that's what creates communication. Um, number two, be aware of your body language. We just covered that. Okay. Number three, stop and think. So Ooh. here's the thing. Okay. I, yeah, I know exactly where you're going. It's healthy to pause in conversation. You and I pause all the time on this podcast as we're talking to each other because we're thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I even, this is totally tangential, but do you know, I'm even starting to, my acting class is telling me to pause more in my line reading because like, it seems unrealistic to like have all these perfect lines like memorized right off the bat but then I it goes to acting real. where if you're watching a show or movie or short or anything on you know on screen these days i love moments of like 
pause. So if something, someone's yeah. arguing, they're like, oh my God, y'all might. And then you, you don't even like, and then you just like look at each other and you're like, and then everyone yeah, feels it. My, and the reason why I brought that up is because it's realistic for us to stop and think in everyday life. We do that all the time. And I think I, I love that it's in this list here of how to improve your communication skills, uh, because also one of the biggest pillars of um, the distress tolerance module of uh, dialectal behavioral therapy is something called the stop skill, which says just that because you can think more rationally, you can make better decisions, you can make mm. better judgments, it's healthier, right? So stop and think is huge. Also, as you were talking, I just want to say, uh, as you were talking about like the whole uh, like relationships and how communication is the number one factor in like relationships ending, I think you gave listeners a really good taste as to that episode that we have coming up because you know it's on our schedule, right? We have like a separation and divorce. Listener, we have a spreadsheet of all our episodes <laughs> mapped out for the year. And that's one of them that we want separation to and divorce. Oh, which okay. I mean, obviously, we probably both have our experiences with separation just in the past with relationships, but I have never been married. So I can't attest to that. Um, but, you know, it's or if you've be been through that. Thing. Yeah, just about like, you know, separation in general. But I think you gave listeners a good taste as to like, how this all bleeds into everything like healthy communication is affected by sure how many divorce. times do you hear you know doesn't have to be the best relationship but how many times do you hear your friends and your friends that are you know how about this sorry i should have rephrased it the people that you know in your life that are in relationships how many times do you hear them talking about how much they talk to each other and you know how their relationship is with communication and how important it is to like have a healthy communication style like that's why we did this episode because it's going to look different for most people and like just i love the number three here stop and think because i think when you're in a relationship with somebody sometimes no news is good news and silence is king because you just want to exist with each other and like there's yes. 24 hours in every day of the week you don't have to be talking about everything all the time. And like one of the two, if not both, are going to get exhausted if you're not careful. And to that end, I want to add something on this list. I'll I'll jump into number four after this, but let's call this three and a half, right? Three and a half, in my opinion, going off of what you're, you just said, is giving yourself space. You have to give yourself space, like especially in relationships and stuff. Like I think space is one of the most important forms of communication. Mm. Like sometimes it's important to not talk to someone for a brief period of time. Like obviously, if you're in a you know like domestic partnership, like marriage, whatever, like you're living with that person, right? So it's like you see them all the time. But it could just be like going out and seeing a movie by yourself for three hours. Like that could be the best thing you do for yourself because you're like giving yourself some space. You're giving the other person some space. Even when you have roommates, this doesn't have to be for relationships. Totally. It could be like when totally. you're just in close proximity with everybody. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I think space is another important one. Like give yourself space. Uh, notice when it's time to give someone else space, right? Mm -hmm. It's not to say be avoidant. It's different. That's but right. space is important. Number four, ask for clarification. Do you have Love thoughts that. on that? Really? Yeah, Why? I always say, what do you mean? <laughs> you do say that a lot. I say it a lot. I don't, because I don't know what you mean. You could tell me that your foot hurts and be like, all right, what's wrong with it? What do you mean? I don't think it comes from a, like maybe you don't know what it means, but 
my impression of when you ask that is not that you legitimately like don't have a comprehension of what it means. I think it's more, again, you're practicing this inquiry thing that mm -hmm. you tend to use really effectively, which is like you inquire about things. You want to know further. You you invite people to elaborate. That's just part of your communication style. Mm -hmm. And I think too, just for all of us to know when I'm doing that, it's like, what do you mean? And And when you dig at that, I typically stop digging when I find uh, relatability, just so you know. So if I'm like, well, if Kevin's like, oh, dude, I just had this one thing happen to me. Like, what do you mean? Why is that bothering you? Oh, got it. And then if I find out what the relatability is where I can relate, I don't dig as deep. I kind of just then we can have a healthy communication around maybe like where we both meet eye to eye on that topic. Totally. Do you want to take number five? Because this one kind of confused me. Maybe you have some. Use reflectors. Gosh, I don't even know what that means. I would say that like Let's when you're using reflectors and communication skills. Um, Could it mean like when someone is reflective that they're being introspective? Yeah, maybe you're looking back at like your own life and experiences to relate. I'd say it's relatability now. Yeah, I think it has like to reflectors do with essentially like, meaning like you're kind of giving the person something to go off of and bounce back from. Yes. Yeah. And I feel like it has another word could be be inquisitive or introspective, right? Sure. Um while allowing the other person to see might, you know, see or feel that or hear that. Yeah. I mean, hey, listener, if you have a better definition for this one, reflectors. Right. Um, Leave us a comment on our Instagram page, but um, that's our that's our best guess for that one. Let's let's move on to number six. You want to take it? Know your intent. Very important. Important. I mean, be intentional about when uh, you're having conversations with people and when you're starting them or asking them for their time. I've gotten really really keen on that in business. I don't ask people for their time unless I know what we're talking about. And even Kevin and I had a, a, a situation last week where like I switched my intention in the middle of emails because I was getting very specific on what we knew we were going to go talk to this folks about. So I think when you have your intention from the get-go, that comes from stopping and thinking. Those two, I think, are very related. Yeah. And also, I think it's easy for intent to be misconstrued, which has a lot to do with judgment. Uh, oh, for sure. Good or bad, right? And sometimes we're not even privy to our own intentions. That's right. So it takes, that's why I think it's important to know your intent, right? As it mm -hmm. says on this list here, like, because so often we just sort of go about our business or our day to day, not really thinking about why we're doing the thing it is that we're doing. Um. So number, 100%. I'll move on to number seven, be open-minded. Easy enough. That one is, I mean- Improving your communication skills, be open-minded. Like be that to me is like be a better listener, be open to new ideas, be receptive to and be eager to you. learn. Yes, there's a big learning curve. There is so yeah, it's great. And then number eight, learn to compromise. No relationship can succeed without compromise. Yeah, first from Dr. Quinn. Dr. Quinn. Okay, wait, let's give everybody examples. We're here for a sec. So then when was the last time you felt like you compromised with Calby? Ooh, good question. Um, I'd rather not answer that because I prefer not to talk about divulging my personal relationships on this. Podcast. I plead the fifth. Okay, well then when's, when's <laughs> no, the last kidding, time you compromised you, in any relationship or setting in which you- No, 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 I'll, I'll talk to- I'll, healthy. Okay, okay. Uh, I'll-, I'll 
I'm I'm gonna actually think about this, and maybe it is with Kelby. I I, I don't know. I'm gonna have to think here. Um, I remember compromising with mm, okay. I'm going to open up about my relationship with Kelby since that's what you first asked. And that's an example I have to give. I remember compromising on something. She asked me to do the dishes because we live together. Um, I had put it off because I had been doing something else. I don't know if it was a work obligation and I worked late that night or I don't know what it was, but um, she had asked me to do the dishes and it was like 1130 at night. And I had had this long day and I was like, Kelbs, it's 1130 at night. Like, I'm not going to do the dishes at 1130 at night. That's crazy talk. Like, who does the dishes at 1130 at night? And I'm sure in her head, she was thinking like, yeah, that's true. Like, it's super late. And, you know, I hate that I even have to ask you to do the dishes at 1130. But like, I understood that from her point of view, like she had been asking me since like four o'clock earlier that after earlier that evening. So I like was super firm that I didn't want to do the dishes at 1130 at night. I wanted to go to bed. And then she got upset. And I saw and clocked that she got upset. You know, she would have let me go to bed, like, but she would have like been giving me the, mm -hmm, you know, the stink eye. But, um, and I saw that I clocked. I was like, you know what, Kelbs, I'm going to do the dishes. And I did it. And um, that was a compromise. I saw that. For me, the compromise was knowing that my lady's always right at the end of the day because I am lucky to be with her. Um, no, it's true. Um, so, you know, if she wants me to do the dishes that late, then I, uh, I'll i do it. And then she pays me back later in some nice way. So it was worth it. But Oh, God, maybe she cooks for you or something. <laughs> I think um, that's a great example, and anybody who's with a female can relate to that for sure, um, especially if you're like Kevin and you're a very specific type of dude that's in a relationship with a specific type of chick. I, I think it's very relative. Anybody who's in a straight relationship can relate. Um, I have an example. So, so I know before Justin goes into his example, <laughs> I just want to make a mental note. Listener, he put on these sunglasses since I started talking in that story and he looks like he's in like an, like a 1980s breakfast club movie or like hot tub time machine. You're funny. These glasses are called dreamers from Zach and Jordan Stenmark from Australia. I've had them for four years. Um, I'm obsessed. It's like, so it's like 10 o'clock at night. No, no, no. They're not sunglasses. They're blue light. Oh. Uh, there. So these are sleep glasses. He's indoors and it's ten o'clock at night where he is right now. No, no, no. I promise you, these I know, everything I know. I'm looking at is red. So what that does is it blocks all the green and blue light out of everything that you see, and you have the best sleep of your life. Get out of here. Yeah, because we're recording this at ten o'clock in Nashville. So I'm like, it's the way that I like will be able to wind down. No, I've watched shows like this. It's anyway. So whatever. So if you're into it when you're trying to protect yourself from screen time and just like, these are great investments. Nice. And I've also nice. worn them out. It's definitely like a BB Rexa vibe. So my compromise is shorter. So the recently I've been looking at townhomes with my best friend. His name is Zach. 
and he has two dogs. I can't stand dogs. <laughs> and I've never felt like it was such a gut-wrenching compromise. Kevin's face looks so disgusted right now. <laughs> no, I can't stand dogs. I do not want to live with them. I don't want to take care of them or any of that. I just want to like maybe pet them if I'm at a friend's house. Even then, I have to take a lint roller to my freaking pants every time. I did this yesterday. Uh, Lack uh, of better. Listen, uh, contrary to popular opinion, I believe it's a dog's or a man's best friend, and that's great. Um, but he has two best friends and they want to live in the townhouse with us. And I was like, I don't know if I could do this, but it was a big compromise. But I've weighed the pros and cons and like having the two dogs in the house compared to all the things. If I wasn't going to live with him in this townhouse in Nashville, then like, uh, you know, I'll compromise whatever. Um, but in doing that, like you have to like him and I are so open um, being like both of us are so open minded as friends, but we've known each other for so long. And I've been through the nastiest conversations with them. And then the most pure, positive, uplifting and fun conversations as well. But I've been through the dirtiest conversations too. What I mean by dirty is like, not like sexual or any of that stuff. I mean that too, but you know, I, the dirtiest conversations I've had with Zach have been like, Justin, do you realize what you just did? You know, like he's just, he knows where to call me on my stuff. And so when you have that with someone, I think life is better when you have a, a much open communication style with someone and like everything's on the table all the time, no matter what you can say, what you want to say, you can feel what you want to feel. And like, it's so cool. I love that for you, man. I think we <laughs> should give our, I think we should give our listeners. <laughs> I love that for you, man. <laughs> That's what I typically tell people when I care less about what they say. (laughs) So I got to work on that with my communication. People used to, damn. Something we have to be careful of though, everybody who's tuning in, (laughs) when you're reacting, sometimes it's just good to be like, just the simple. And I know, I know Kevin loves that for me. So I I definitely feel that. I do, I do. But when I used to say it, it was a filler. We have to be careful with fillers in communication because, you know, this whole summer I'd stay, I would say things like, I love that for you or, oh, that's amazing. How cool. No way. And like, I wasn't even listening to what they were saying, but <laughs> because of my ADHD, it was just, I, I will I'd say be- to my defense, in my defense, I don't use that phrase a lot. I love that for you. Do you hear he me probably say started saying it because of Justin? I might've started saying that because of you. Yes. Love but I'm okay with you. that. Yeah. I love that for you. Man. What were you saying? <laughs> no, I was just, I was just, um, I was going to say we should give our listeners some homework. I mean, I think we pretty much got everything we needed to say. We said everything we need to say. Um, We got it all out there in the open. So, listener, why don't you think of a time that you compromised with someone? And what was the result? Was it good? Was it bad? I also just had a little bit of deja vu. I feel like I've asked our listeners this question before in a dream. This is weird. Um, Anyway, besides my deja vu. Think about it. Let us know. Shoot us a comment. Hit the follow button on our Spotify page, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening. Favorite it. Download it. Give us a hug. Give us a kiss virtually. <laughs> Share it with someone you love that you want to hug and kiss. Yeah, exactly. Point, definitely think about what you um, have learned to compromise in a relationship or like a recent you know, situation. But even more importantly, do some introspection as you go into your week this week, just a little bit on uh, where you lie in a lot of what we said, you know, just to give you a quick, um, a quick recap, we talked about the three effective communication styles, which are assertiveness, inquiry, and empathy. 
Uh, and then we discussed the six tips for effective communication. Uh, and then we went into these last two points, which were how to improve your communication style. Um, and then also how um, all these signs that might be problems as you're communicating with people in and out of your life. It's such an interesting thing. And as it's relative to our minds, I mean, listen, this is like everything is in our head before we say it out loud. I don't, I don't even think I have to say that for it to be a part of a mental health discussion, but it's very important that I'm sure your relationships will prosper if you can lean into this um, as Kevin looks at me with my R2D2 glasses. So I just, um, we thank you so much for clicking play. I mean, listen, we're excited to see where this podcast goes. It, I mean, I'm going to pause because it's healthy to pause. I'm also thinking about what else to say besides everything Kevin said so gracefully. I got something to say. We love that for you, listener. We really do. We really love that for you because you have to love it for yourself. doesn't matter if we love it for you. And if we say we love it for you, but communicate with yourself also, it's very important. But anyway, we'll see you next week. We'll talk to you next week. Yes. And continue practicing healthy communication in the meantime. It's important. And that's why we want to have this episode. We love you guys. And uh, as Justin said, we'll see you next week. See you next week. If you enjoyed this episode, Kevin and I would love if you would share it with someone who you believe can find value in the conversation too. Also, if you loved the episode, this show will only grow and reach more people with ratings and reviews. If you'd be so kind to leave one right where you're listening, we sure hope you found this helpful and cannot wait for you to come back to another episode of Luminosity.